Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Making disciples, that's the, that's the, the core of the Great Commission, baptizing. Um, baptizing doesn't make them Christian. Um, you know, that's what you do in obedience after you have, uh, you know, after you've received Christ, you know, as your, as your Savior. Um, and these are the three things that, that stuck out to me um, about making disciples according to the Great Commission. Um, make it real. It's got to be a genuine conversion. They do, you know, we have to shine that light, and there has to be a moment in time where things really shift spiritually for that person, right? You know, you got to get saved. you got to encounter Christ. You can't just hear the word and just be like, oh, that's a, that's a theologically interesting you know, thing to conundrum. Oh, good point. You know, maybe he did rise. I don't know. You, know like you can't just be aware of Jesus. You have to make the shift and be saved. And you know, repentance has to come into play. And you're like, man, I'm going to get on this train all the way. And I can't. You know, here's the thing. You can't be on any other trains at the same time. Like, you know, this is my deal. I'm going to be, I'm going there. This is my thing. Like, Jesus is everything. And there's a lot of stuff you can take with you, you know, your family and your, and your, your, your job, you balance all that, but you're on his train. Like, that's the direction that is guiding your life, so it's important. you got to make it real. Uh, you got to make it public. It says, you know, I want you to be baptized. What is, ba- baptism is, you know, something I think it means a lot to, to say for me to get baptized. It means a lot because, I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm really doing this, you know. I'm getting ready to, to be baptized in front of a bunch of people. It becomes very real to me. And uh, I think the reason why Jesus says this is it makes it real to everybody else around you. Sometimes you need a break from the things that, are in, that you've been involved in. You know, you got friends, you got you know, a lifestyle that you've developed over your whole life, and then you need a break from that. And so, like, you, know, you get in that water, it doesn't supernaturally make everything in your life different when you come back up, but it's an outward sign, it's a statement. Yeah? It's a statement piece. You know, some people will wear like something that's bright red. It's a statement, you know, a shirt or something like that. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a big deal. It's supposed to stick out. Like I'm making a statement. When, you know, whenever you know Ohio State, um, you know, beat, who was it? What in Michigan? It was uh, it, you know, three years ago when we won the national championship. Uh, they they beat Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship to death. They beat him like 68 to 0 or something crazy. And I know, it's so bad. But you had to do it because you had to get the selection committee to look at you and be like, wow, that was a statement win. Like, not only did they beat this ranked team, they beat them so bad that we're going to put them into the playoff. And then we won the national championship. They had to make a statement. They couldn't just win. And it's important for us to make a statement. And, God, and, and Jesus says, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. You're actually going to be taken out in, front, in public. You can't, you can't just do it. You know, that's why I have a problem like, with people like getting baptized in the bathtub. That's fine, but that's not really the point. You know, like that, you know, if that's all that's available, you know, there's a really great story. This is a rabbit trail, but it's so worth it. There's a great story about uh, how this, uh, this, this Roman uh, centurion um, in Rome, you know, whenever the Christians were being persecuted, um, he was, his job was to figure out where, like, all this water was being siphoned off to, you know, in the aqueducts because that was a huge deal. Like, if you stole water, that was punishable by death. You know, big deal back then. Um, and so in this story, um, all the water is being redirected, and then he finds it, and it's a bunch of Christians hiding um, and, then, and then being baptized. You know, and there's like 30 of them in there, and so he decides not to punish them, not to kill them all, but you know, that's where he, he busts in the door, and they have diverted the water so they could be baptized, and they're doing this in secret. So, um, but they're making the statement to themselves, you know, to their body, to the people around them. They have brought in new people, and they're like, you know, this is so risky. We're going to kill If this Romans, they find us, we're going to die. We're going to be beheaded, you know, and crucified, all this. But this is worth it. I am saying that this is worth it. It's a big deal, okay? So it has to be real. It needs to be public. 
Great Commission. When we're making disciples, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm talking about making disciples. I'm talking about growing our church. I'm talking about getting people on the, on the boat, right? Yeah. To heaven, the heaven boat, okay? Good old gospel ship, if you will. Um, we need to do it. And how do we do it? We have to make it real. We have to make it public. Got to make it clear. Got to make it very clear what it is. So whenever, you know, whenever we... Whenever I lead somebody to Christ, like in an altar up here, and, you know, they come, like, oh, no, no, you know, and that's a great moment. I live for that. You know, it's a great thing to see somebody's heart, you know, just be given over to Jesus. It's great. But sometimes, like, you know, they go back to their seat, and I'm like, oh, come back. Guys, I got to tell you, there's a lot that goes into this, you know, more than, more than just the, the initial experience. And, you know, it's almost like, and, and, can, I see you, can I see you Sunday night or Wednesday night? Because I, there's a lot I've got to tell you. There's a lot we as a church have got to know. Um, Brother Al was telling me, you know, when his relationship, as he grew into a disciple of Christ, and now, you know, he's a, we keep him in jail because, you know, he, he, um, you know, we can't trust him too far. But, um, you know, he he's obviously teaches our adult Sunday school class, and he's, you know, he's a pillar of this church, an absolute pillar, you know, a, a load-bearing wall in the church. And he was, and we were talking, and he was like, you know, the meat and potatoes for me, whenever I shifted from somebody who was like, you know, kind of a Christian mindset, you know, when I shifted from that to being a load-bearing wall, it was Wednesday night. He's like, the meat and potatoes. I learned the word. I learned some important stuff there. I really got connected, and that's how I, you know, made the real transition. And that's so, so important. And so for sometimes, like, for sometimes, whenever I, you know, lead somebody to the Lord or invite them and they have that experience, I'm just like, ah, I need to see you more often. You know, like a doctor or somebody like, you know, it's like, okay, I, I gave you like one pill, but don't, you got to come back, man. You got to refill that prescription. And if I don't see you on the, you know, on a good prescribed amount of time, and it's not me, I'm just preaching the word. I don't do anything um, except for to try and try and do my job to relay what God says. Um, it's not me. It could be anyway. There's, you know, I'm probably like the, you know, no less than the third best preacher in the room right now, probably. So um, it's not about a person. It's about a relationship that needs connectivity for you to really thrive in it, right? You don't build a relationship that that you should get married to a person in um, talking to them once a week, right? At no point should you marry that person. Like you know, you're friends with them. Maybe you're in. That's even a weird dating situation. You talk to and you're in the dating stage and you talk once a week. That's not good. Um, every day for sure. Like if that's possible. Like you know, I was reading about some guy. He he wrote a letter, a long letter every single day, and they were writing back and forth. Um, that's important. You know, you can't just build a good relationship with God um, talking and hearing just once a, a week. You have to, and that, that's kind of where I'm going tonight with this, is we have to build disciples. We have to train up disciples. And for Brother Al and I think a lot of other people, like, I know that I wouldn't be where I'm at today if, if I hadn't um, allowed myself uh, to be involved more and to receive more and to connect more with the body and with God via the body. That's why it's the body. It's his body. Do you know that? This is not our body. So when you say, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to come, but only you know, just very, very infrequently, um, then you know, it, it's, it's hard for you because, like, that, this is his body, and we want to be connected to it. Amen? And I'm so glad, you know, that... that uh, I have that opportunity. It's very important, but especially when it comes to uh, building disciples. So um, got to make it real, got to make it public, got to make it clear, and got to make it stick, right? And this is where it gets weird theologically. Um, got to make it stick. I found some, okay, let's read the parable of the, sea, of the sower. 
Um, I'm just going to go right into it. The parable of the sower, Matthew 13, verse 1. On the same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat by the sea. Who went out? Jesus. And that's how we know it's very important. And you know, it's, this is not anybody else. This is Jesus' own, you know, you know, he's the one telling the story. Anyone else tells you a story, it's kind of a, you know, it's, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. But this is important to us. Jesus said, he spoke many things, in verse 3, he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. This is what sowers do. Sowers be sowing. And he sowed. Some seed fell by the wayside. Okay? Somebody hold, um, Sister Jessica, hold up one finger like that so all can see. Thank you. All right. So um, she's going to help me out with my math. I'm not great at math. Um, so um, every time that I say some or, you know, a different, a different one, then, then you can raise another finger. Uh, went out and, and sowed some seed by the, and it fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And I could go into a whole three-week series about all the de- ways that we can be devoured. I'm not going to do that tonight. Um, but the birds got them. Some, aha, uh-huh, way up high. What are you doing? Thank you. All right, thank you. Behold, some fell by the wayside, some by the stony place. They did not have much earth, and immediately they sprang up because they had no depth of earth. Somebody say amen, no depth. Um, But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Amen. So I'm going to read that one more time in my own head. Birds, stony places, sun, and thorns. So there's four. Up high, one more time, and then you can be done. All right, four. And then what was the last sum? Some made it. Right, you know, and some, some actually you know reproduced you know that fruit, and they did good, and they were plugged in, and they and they they um, you know propagated. I, I spent probably five minutes trying to figure out that word in study. Uh, propagated, um, you know what the relationship that they had with God. What does that mean? Like they reproduced it. Okay, now, you know, they, they became a living organic part of the system, and then they were a producer. Amen. So that's good. But th- that's five sums. So here's my math. Um, we don't have a number of seeds, but we have some, 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 and some. You know, technically, the last one's others, but it's all some. So they're all sums, and so let's just do fractions, right, because we don't have anything else. Like, you know, logically, it's got to be fractions. So fractionally, um, we have uh, five different sums, and we have, uh, so, so what is that? What's a fraction? It's 20%, right? It's 20% of the whole, um, each sum. So it looks like 20% had an issue here, 20% had an issue there, they got choked out, 20% here got burned up, 20% here they did so good for a minute, they really sprung up and got a little top-heavy too quick, and then they kind of caved because they didn't have a good root system in place. Some got devoured by birds. Some made it, praise God. Okay. And this is extrapolation, absolutely. Like I'm, and that means to you know, just take something from it and try and figure out what, uh, you know, what the Word is teaching me here and what I, what I can tell from the principle. I'm talking a lot, and I'm talking fast, but I'm trying to get this all out in a Wednesday night Bible study. So 20% seems to be what made it in this parable of a conversion story. Hmm. 20% tend to make it. And here's the thing. Like, sometimes, you know, I don't want to get ahead of my notes. Let me see where I'm at. Um, yeah, we see this trend all throughout Scripture. 
And of all the people that Jesus had encounters with, only a select few actually become disciples. And the disciples are the ones who end up writing books. They're the ones who become indigenous. They're the ones who have a relationship that, honestly, Sister Evelyn, our relationship is flowing a little bit of what they wrote and got from God. You know, that they became real producers in the kingdom. Um, you know, do you know anyone like that? Like who's just a, a kingdom producer? You know, and you can kind of look. Maybe it's an older person. You're like, yeah, that, they led that person to the Lord in '86, and now that person, you know, this person, this person, you know, they've just really made a difference in a lot of lives. Love that. Um, disciples are the ones who become indigenous. And here's the the wild thing. Jesus is the best discipler of all time, yeah? Right? Um, he didn't even go 12 for 12. And it's not because he did anything wrong. It's because Judas has his own free will and he made his own choice and it's a bad choice. Yeah? And to be, to be you know, fair about it, like, you know, at one point it was looking like Jesus was going 0 for 12, you know, like, where are they at? They're all scattered, and then when they're not scattered, they're asleep, and when they're not asleep, they're, you know, they're, they're in the boat yelling, you know, running out of faith, and, you know, and just, you know. And now, and, and now, you know, and then I rose again, and then they went back fishing. You know, so discipleship's tricky, and conversion, you know, like, it, it's not always a straightforward proposition, as you might think. It's not always like, you know, they got a hold of something in the altar, and it was never the same. Well, that's great when it does happen. doesn't always happen like that. Sometimes we have to actually do the work of discipleship every time that that actually sticks like that's the other end of the story like you know they didn't just get up and just like know everything like they were discipled and they made it and they made a kingdom person which is what we want amen according to Matthew 13 we only have one fraction to go on and that gives us 20 percent in the parable that Christ uses to explain conversion hearing the word transitioning into an organic self-sustaining and reproducing relationship he infers that, you know, from this, you take it with a grain of salt, but it's what my understanding of it, that 20% um, seem to actually be making the cut. And what I'm talking about right now is new believers, you know, new believers, new, new converts at New Life Church. It's time for the, you know, time for the rubber to, you know, to meet the road right now in the rest of our Bible study. My mindset has always been that, uh, you know, and I've said this before, man, you know, I've said it to my pastor buddies. We've had a great year, by the way, great financial year, great, you know, kingdom year. People have been touched. People have been saved. Uh, the, the church, you know, not that it's about numbers, but numerically, you know, especially in our Sunday morning service, which is the one that I can really cite, you know, we've, we've seen marked, you know, growth in the attendance there and, and, you know, some good, you know, good, wonderful things. You know, God's doing great things. You know, we've seen healings happen. We've seen, you know, faithful stuff. But as far as, like, right now I'm not so much talking about good testimonies and, and healings and, and, you know, great services, which we love. I'm talking about, like, reproducing ourselves in the generation, doing the Great Commission and making disciples and then kingdom growth, right? That's what, I'm, that's what the focus is tonight. All the rest is just as important, but tonight we're focusing on kingdom growth, my mindset's always been this, and I, sorry, I said, you know, to this other pastor, I was like, man, if we had been able to, you know, if, we, if, if all the people who came through and got, you know, had a good altar experience had, you know, had stuck it out, man, we'd have 300 people, you know? And I think that's kind of a little bit of a staggering and a little bit discouraging statistic. This is, don't, don't be afraid, church. That's a... That's a little bit of a discouraging thing for me to say, right? If everybody who would stick it out 
you know, who gets saved and has a genuine, what, what is truly a genuine experience with Christ, you know, the Holy Spirit draws them and they respond, um, then this church, would, I think that the number I came up with was about 240, you know? And, you know, right now we're, you know, right at that 80 mark, you know, a lot of times, which is great, you know, praise God for it. Um, but if all those people had kind of stuck, and the devil will really try and discourage you with that. Um, you know, he, he will, because if you look at it, and then I kind of got into the word, and I was like, well, man, so we're putting the seed out there, and it's good word, and we're doing our part. Even when Jesus was telling the story, it was about 20% that seems to have stuck around. Now, we're still off of that fraction. We're still off that number um, you know, at New Life right now um, you know, by a little bit, but not by as much as, as you would think. You know, whenever it's, you know, 20% instead of 100%, you know, um, I know I'm making sense here. It's just a lot to, uh, it's a lot to take in, but it's important because I'm talking to some of our main kingdom people here tonight. If you're a kingdom person, say amen. 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 We, we care about this stuff. You know, um, that kind of growth, sustained growth, it's not a realistic outcome, even according to the word. That's just not really how it goes um, because people have free will. You know, if that was the case, Judas would have never backslid either um, because Jesus didn't fail in discipleship. Um, Judas failed to, uh, to take hold of that. However, we still have a responsibility um, to put the things into play that will give everybody the opportunity and every opportunity to actually grow and get plugged in, right? I don't know why this example is in here. It made sense at the time. I'm going to get into it and see if it, if it will come to me. But I remember the story about... Uh, yeah, now I know. Um, th- this guy was talking about uh, hunting, which I got my first deer. Yeah, redneck style, you know, at my father-in-law's. So uh, you can uh, you can expect you know, a little little sniff of jerky here in a little bit. We'll see what happens. I was pretty I was pretty proud. Um, I, I spent like Sam. I spent like three days in the stand, like covered in camouflage and scent, freezing. You know. And just not moving, just like my back killing me. And then, I, and then there's stupid squirrels. They would get behind me and start playing and going nuts and, you know, and picking up nuts and berries and doing whatever they're doing and just dancing. It sounded like, you know, just dive bombing off of branches. And so I was like, oh, it's, that's going to be a huge buck. I can't move because this stand will, and then I just, you know, it took me six minutes to, to get my head turned around because I didn't, you know, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. You know? I was like, you know, if I breathe, you know, then this deer is going to, you know, get away. And uh, it was never a deer and it was really sad. And so, but like the last day that we were there, um, I was, you know, I, like, I was just, I was just like, I was, I had changed out of all my camos and I just had my Elmer Fudd hat on, um, which is who I felt like. <laughs> Wasquee wabbits. Could not, you know, these, I was trying to, to find this here. And finally, you know, every time that I would go in the stand, I would see nothing except for, you know, fat squirrels. And then as soon, I would go down the drive. He's got like, you know, a bazillion acres. I would go down the drive and I'd see all these beautiful deer just, <laughs> just looking just like that. Just strutting in front of me. Just, you know, you know, several of them, you know, just like picturesque poses, like nine of them just. It was horrible. It was really disappointing. And I was like, man, why can't you come to the stand? Like, and then finally, you know, I just, I said, Polly, drive, you know, I got my crossbow. I said, Polly, drive me down there. And then so we just drove back and forth until finally I found one and then, you know, and then went and got it. So redneck style, like I said. Um, <clears throat> hunting is frustrating. 
right? Which is why Jesus got a bunch of fishermen uh, to be his disciples, because they're used to casting a thousand times and nothing coming back, which is what I do sometimes. <laughs> you know, that's what my sermons are like a lot of times. It's like, get saved. All right, not so much, get saved. <laughs> you know what? Not going to get discouraged. Get saved. And then, you know, praise God. And then, you know, you keep going. And then the spirit draws. And then you know, people get saved. And it's worth it all. Amen? It's worth it all. That's what we're all about. We want people to, you know, to, to become part of the kingdom to get saved. So the story is this guy, and this is you know, anticlimactic, but um, he was talking about, he was up in the stand. And he had his gun. It was a you know, pump-action shotgun. He had like five shells, I think, whatever it was. And uh, it was almost time for you know, hunting season to be over, and you know, it was about to be too dark to shoot. And this, this skinny doe way back in the back, you know, out of range pretty much, he's like, I'm just going to take a shot because I'm going to leave here in a minute. Anyway, if I hit it, you know, if I get a good shot, then I do. If not, I'm leaving. And so he shoots, and he misses you know, by a mile. And this is somebody I knew. And then um, they, you know, a bunch of them came out of the thicket you know, to the left and then started coming by and running you know, right in front of his gun. And so he goes, you ever been to like you ever seen those arcades? You know, I mean they're just going that that's what this guy was doing. He's missed and he missed everything by a mile, emptied his gun, you know, his heart's like beating super fast and he's freaked out, and you know, it's just like and this gorgeous buck. I'm talking 12, 14 points, Johnny. Comes through. It's Bambi's dad, man. And he stops in front of the stand. And the guy goes, click, <laughs> click, click, click. He's totally out of shots. He's totally out of, out of ammunition. And, and, he just, and he watches it just glide into the, into the distance. That is, uh, that, and that's a sadder story than mine. Uh, sometimes, though, whenever we're talking about uh, discipleship and we're talking about, uh, um, and I have to deal with this real carefully, sometimes... You need to make sure you're directing your energy, your shot, at something that is feasible to hit. And the Bible says, don't cast your pearls before swine. So everybody, everybody's on my list. Amen? Everybody's on my list. However, you know who's first on my list? Some who, he who has an ear. Let him hear. How do you let somebody hear? What's your name? Let them hear it. Well, that's how you do it. You, you have to voice that, okay? You have, he who has an ear to hear, let them hear it. You know, let them have it. So, and, that, and it's not just, the Bible, he's not, he's not stupid. And he's, and he's very intuitive. You know, the, the, God is very clear about it. He's saying, who's got an ear to hear, let them hear. Who's got ears? Everybody. So that's clearly not the same thing as someone having ears to hear. He who has ears, let him hear. No, he who has ears and wants to hear and is inclining those ears and actually wants to receive, that's who um, you let them have it. <laughs> you know? you, you, you let them, you, if they, if they want to know, if they want to hear, if they want to be involved, they want to be discipled, then let them hear. Now, everybody else needs to hear, too, but if somebody has no intention of doing anything with it, um, I know some people who will witness to their family 9,000 times every year and drive them crazy, and they won't ever ask the person that God is bringing right into it because I don't know why, right? 
We got to expand our horizons. You know, we we, we got we got to start to, to we've got to start to invest in the people who are wanting to be invested and in, who want to make it. All right. So that's the point. Uh, you don't run out of ammunition because you're 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 firing off random shots at something that's not even feasible, not even going to happen. You know, no no interest whatsoever, and then run out of and say, I just I'm wore out. I have you know I have nothing left spiritually for somebody who's starving and who wants to be a part of your life, wants to hear from God, wants to receive, and is open to that. Right? Amen. It's important. Everybody is worth our time, of course. But you give your full time, your attention, and you, a lot of be passionate. Save that for the people who will. Don't spend your whole life trying to cram food into someone's mouth who's got their teeth jammed shut. Okay? Whenever people are starving everywhere, 